Landon Starbuck is a freedom warrior, to say the least. She's not afraid to shine the light in the dark places of child trafficking and manipulation. Well, today, Landon will talk about how the exploitation of children occurs literally everywhere. She's going to talk to our mamas about how to keep our kids safe. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, we introduce you to special guests who share their personal stories and advice on how to build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their home, community, and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Carlitis, your host, and this is the Moms for America podcast, a show inspiring, encouraging, and educating moms in their journey through motherhood. Well, we want to go ahead right at the top of the show and invite you to like, subscribe, share our podcast with all your mama friends in your circle. Um, we so appreciate that. And if you have an idea for the podcast, would you email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net? I would love to hear from you. If you have any guest ideas, topics, or things that you'd like to share with us, I would so appreciate that. Um, also, if you're listening to us for the first time, super welcome. If you're coming back, super welcome as well. We're so glad to be here every week, um, inspiring and encouraging you moms. Um, you really are the heartbeat of America. So it's moms like us, right, all across the country, uniting together to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. I want to just mention that because that is our mission. Please go ahead and visit us at our website, which is momsforamerica.us, and check out all of our great information resources programs um, that we have on our website. We're here for you, mamas. All right. Well, on to today's program. My guest today is a writer, speaker, and advocate countering child trafficking and exploitation. Landon Starbuck is the founder and president of Freedom Forever, which seeks to protect children from these evils and preserve freedom for all. Landon was a billboard charting singer-songwriter. She left the music industry after uncovering the exploitation within the entertainment industry. This is going to be a great show. I'm so glad to have her on the show. Welcome, Landon, to the Moms for America podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, um, just so you know, I follow you. I follow your husband. Thank you for what you both are doing. Um, your husband's involved in the political arena. You're involved with the education uh, arena. Thank you, because this is a tough, uh, this is a tough hill. Um, but moms all across the country, just like you, are taking it on, and we are standing up, and we're fighting for our children, and we're just sick, just sick to death about what's going on with the attacks. But before we get into the, the heart of this conversation, can you tell us a little bit about you being a mama and your little tribe over there? Absolutely. Well, I'm a mom of three. My oldest is 13. I have girl, boy, girl, and my son is nine and my littlest one is six. So um, they're mm -hmm. all so different and they challenge me every day, but it's the most beautiful chaos every day. I love it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, our kids have taken this journey with us and it, it hasn't been easy, but it's also made them really uh, more solid in their convictions. And so when, when it, they have to be tested at such a young age, we have to put that much more work into refining those values. And so I, I kind of like that we have to be more intentional about it because of these challenges, because of, you know, the hate that we get and, you know, and things like that. So um, I, I'm really grateful that our kids have been so strong and, and uh, resilient through this, this whole process. It is. It's tough because when the parents are in the battle, the whole family's in the battle. 
Um, but like you right. said, it makes them stronger. It educates them. It, it lets them know really what is happening in the world. Unfortunately, we have to talk about such big ideas and big issues and big topics with children that are so young. Um, you know, your bio says that you were a, a singer songwriter. You left the music industry after you un uncovered the exploitation within the entertainment industry. I think you and your husband, right? We're both in California, both in the industry, um, both pursuing um, the entertainment world. I actually have 25 years in the entertainment industry myself. What did you see? Give us a quick overview of what you saw and why you left. Absolutely. So I always have to tell people I came from a broken home. And when you come from a broken home, those normal um, things that you see in society, boundaries or things that are red flags or inappropriate, that wiring is not there. So when I was exposed to a lot of these things, I didn't see them for what they were. I wasn't able to have the terminology to recognize what grooming was mm. or what exploitation was or even what trafficking was. Um, and so when I would see things, you know, innately, I would feel icky about what I would witness and things, to, you know, to be specific would be um, adults, uh, parents of Disney and Nickelodeon stars dropping their young daughters and young sons off at studios with adult males who would uh, talk inappropriately, um, would sexualize them. Uh, a lot of, you know, drugs, things like that would be around. And I didn't see at the time that that's part of the grooming process, that that mm -hmm. itself is a crime and inappropriate. Sure I didn't is. understand that the parents would actually, they knew, a lot of them knew that this was part of the deal. Um, and it was just something that was normal and accepted. Now, my parents weren't in California. The second I moved 18, I, did, I moved there not knowing anyone. I packed my car up and went to have my Hollywood dream, um, wow. which, which is really a lie. And I talk so much about that because it's so important that young girls get this message some way, somehow, that that whole world is an illusion. It's a lie. Sure. It's not based on talent or merit or what a kind person you are, how talented you are, what you have to give or how great of a song you wrote or how well you can play. That is not how it works there. Right. And, um, even though I was able to have some success, you know, I, I, I went on world tours. I, um, charted on billboard. I had success, but it was it was such an uphill battle. And there were so many things that didn't happen as a result so, of me saying no, or I'm mm -hmm. not going to wear this, or I'm not going to be in this video, or I don't, I don't want to go and party, you know, that I lost out on. Right. And I would then you see, buy in. You didn't yeah, buy I would in. see those other females then do those things and their careers would get elevated or they would get that sure. big tour that I was up for, that I worked hard for. Sure. So after a while, you get that it's a sexual quid pro quo system and it targets young girls sure at is. very young ages. Wow. So how did you decide to leave? What took you on this journey? Um, and, and then how did you start this organization? Um, because this is an amazing journey you've been on. Um, now you're fighting for the children, exactly what you were seeing in Hollywood. And this is how it's repackaged all around the country, right? It's not just in Hollywood. It's in every industry. Right. Um, we know that they're just trying to destroy our kids. So you decided to step out. What was the revelation? I think it was a series of events that 
resulted in, in a very dark depression period of my life where I was really wow. having an identity crisis because with that Hollywood dream, you build an entire identity that your worth is in how good you are, how pretty mm -hmm. you are, how skinny you are, how many people want you or like you. And that all had to be deconstructed. I had to come down. And, you know, I'm so grateful for God's grace in my life that he intervened and let me know that none of that determined my worth. And when yeah. I realized that um, I had to form a new identity. And I, I, I turned to God to find out what is my purpose? What is my value? What am I here right. to do? And that is really what took me on that journey that is so, so much deeper and more meaningful than a superficial, uh, what can I do for other people? We don't right. like to entertain other people and to use my voice. And, you know, God spoke to me and, and, and I felt like he was saying to my heart, I want you to use your voice, but not in the way you think. And so mm. I started just using my voice and I started learning more about the industry, the exploitation. I realized this isn't just happening in the entertainment industry. The entertainment right. industry is the marketing arm for this exploitation mm -hmm. industry. And I started you know, getting trauma-informed and understanding how pervasive this problem is. And when I learned that it affects children, that's when everything changed for me. And that's when I knew that that was my calling. And so that is when I started working with other organizations and learning the ins and outs. And I realized, wow, all these people are throwing all this money and nothing's changing. More kids mm. are being exploited. What is, what's the problem? And I realized prevention is what we need. We need better prevention. We need to inform parents. We need to equip parents so that there's one less kid to rescue. And that's when I started Freedom Forever. Okay. So I want to get into specifics of this so parents can... Um really see this for what it is, but real quickly, Freedom Forever, um, it combats trafficking and exploitation. What is the mission there? Just so our listeners know exactly what you're doing and they can check that out. Yes. Yeah, so we are focused on prevention activism. So that means that we find the root, the grooming, where it's happening, whether it's schools, whether it's in the home, whether mm. it's through entertainment or giving kids access to these smartphones, which is one of the biggest risk factors. Right. So we unpack all that for parents. We dispel all the myths and lies that media tells us that, oh, Instagram's safe. You just have to put parental controls on. The internet is safe. These Chromebooks are safe and it's all a lie. So we unpack, we educate, we inform, and we also give parents activist tools because we have to be activists this time this war on kids right. demands a parenting revolution where we no longer outsource our parenting to anyone else that we take back control and we show people how to do that i love it a parent revolution we say a mom-led revolution but boy do we need the dads in on this because it's at every corner it's at every it's really is everywhere you go. My youngest is um, 18. I held off social media until he was 18. Um, but I, I don't even know now. It, it gets more and more complicated every year. And the moms that are raising kids, young kids right now, looking at forward on this culture. I mean, it, it, it is absolutely crazy. Let's talk a little bit about the difference between child trafficking, child exploitation, I want moms to know uh, some of these terms and what's happening within each of these. Absolutely. So the main difference that I explain is that child exploitation is exploiting a kid for sex, money, you know, labor, all mm -hmm. of those different forms of trafficking that we see. Um, the sex trafficking um, of children, exploitation of children is the most prevalent form of exploitation of children. However, sex trafficking of children is a, a, a motivated by its financial incentive. Now, 
Jenny Sugestin, she's a survivor of a child trafficking, and she was appointed by President Trump to the United States Human Trafficking Advisory Council, and she's part of my organization. Mm. And she told me, you know, we, we debated this, and she said, Landon, at some point, every, someone somewhere profits from child exploitation. So they're deeply intertwined. Sure. And so, you know, the buzz is child trafficking, and yes, that's a problem, and it's happening every single day at our southern border. But child exploitation, the trade of itself, the images that are happening online is what is exploding. And that is what we have to address the most. And that we, what we actually have the ability to make the most impact in right now uh, by simply removing these smartphones from kids access, internet access, all of these things because they're being targeted. So yeah. it's an important distinction to understand the different motivations. One is motivated by pedophilia and one is more just monetary, just strict, right. you know, cartels, they just want that money. Um, right. But we have an epidemic of pedophilia that is driving the exchange and it's its own monetary value, sadly, is the trade That's of these sad. images. Yeah. Now you're talking about the trading of images and sexual grooming in our public spaces and um, Facebook or phones, or let's talk about, um, about the, um, about what's happening and, and what parents need to be aware of as far as images. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that happen. The, the main source of exploitation happening online is um, these predators who are very well trained and it's so easy for them now to go into these chat rooms with vulnerable youth to identify right. the vulnerable youth. And what they do is they groom them. They either pretend that they're some young you know, football star or some young cheerleader and they groom them and it takes as long as it takes. And they do right. multiple kids at the same time uh, to groom that process until they convince that kid to send an image. And once that image is sent, once that CSAM, child pornography is sent, they have that child under their control. And yeah. that's what we call sextortion because then yes. they are you know, uh. in bondage to those images. And so then they're able to um, get, the predator is able to get more obscene content from them and use that to blackmail them sure. and to keep them quiet. And how it quickly escalates from there into them then meeting up in person or you know being trafficked. Because again, that monetary value, if they can sell those images or trade them, they right. are being trafficked. And a kid can be trafficked from their bedroom of their you know suburban nice home on the cul-de-sac without the parents even knowing, just because the parents give them a device. That's right. how easy it is. What's your answer for the device? Um, I know there are some different phones out there. Um, I think there's a gap phone, um, different tools that you suggest to parents, because I mean, I, I locked my son's phone down. I did a whole different thing. He told me basically, and I'm, I'm not sure that I really did that good of a job, but he told me I made it Fort Knox, but I did a lot of research on it. He has to have his phone up at eight o'clock in the evening. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, um, stipulations around this, but now at, you know, 18, I said, you can do minimal social media. Um, begrudgingly, I did this, but he said, you know, he's just trying to follow a couple of artists, which I get. And a lot of, you know, here's the, here's the sad thing, right, Landon? There's a lot of good things in right. social media. I mean, right. I follow you on social media. I mean, we, we get a lot of our information, but how do we, I mean, I'm just balancing this myself right now with the senior in high school of, of good and bad and, and guiding them and directing them and being watchful. Um, but yet giving them their space. So what about phones? What about uh, social media? What would you say to the, to the moms about that? I'd like to get your advice. 
Absolutely. So when parents ask, what is the age where social media is appropriate or safe? And I ask them, what is the age you are comfortable with your kid being exposed right. to predators, porn, um, you know, all of these th- exploitive uh, targeted mechanisms that are coming right. after them? And, and we have to answer that question with when they have the digital and physical self-defense skills, when they know who they are, their values, yeah. their convictions, when True. they're not struggling to, to find their identity, when they know who they are, they can handle the responsibility. They understand what to do if they come across CSAM or porn or any of these things. They understand how these social media companies harvest their data, how they exploit them on that level, how with algorithms to change their brain, to change their psyche so that they will engage in more high-risk exploitive behaviors. When they really are able to understand all of that, how this all works, then you can right. find safe ways to introduce them to those concepts. And I think that it's really important when, you know, you say you have a 16 year old who is mature, who gets all of this um, to say, Hey, do you want to start a business? You know, do you want an advocacy? Like what is something that has right. purpose that you can do? Sell cookies, this, you know, exactly. pro-life movement, whatever you want to mm-hmm. do, and then have them build their own experience with intention, not just, I'm just going to throw myself out in the world to see who likes me and you know, what, what I can get here, but with right. an intention, directed intention. Cause that's really what is wonderful about social media. I mean, if I wasn't doing advocacy work, I wouldn't even be on it, but sure. it, it's offers this incredible platform to do this work and to inform. Right. Um, the gab phone is such a great resource because parents don't have an excuse now, you know, they want to stay connected, their kids Well, gab is a great option. That's why we partnered with them. Um, because you can talk to them, you can locate them and you can control that experience of what they're going to be exposed to without all of those dangers, um, of, of open web access. So, Mm -hmm. uh, we also partner with protect young eyes that, help you from the inside out, protect your router, protect your devices in the home and simple things. Like with our kids, we have a rule, like we don't have devices in our rooms, like it's in a community space. So when we want to watch a YouTube video, although we don't like YouTube, but there's something (sighs) that, you know, we want to share, we do it in the the family room on the big screen where we we can see where everybody's been. And and it's this openness. That's not, you you know, we, we don't, we don't feel like we have to monitor our kids all the time. We know we know what our devices have access to. We know what they don't. And we know what our kids mm-hmm. have access to. So we're not stressed all the time about that right. whole experience. And I think mm-hmm. that is what takes out a lot of parents is they go, oh my gosh, this is too hard, too many things to put up. I mean, you're incredible for doing that, but most parents won't do it. And so yeah. that's, that's why and a account- different strategy is needed. Yeah, and accountability too. Yes. Um, you know, I just, we just said, we're going to be accountable to one another. This isn't just for you. Right, right, son, as a high schooler, this is for mom and dad because mm-hmm. everything that comes after you comes after us too. Yes. I mean, you know, what I mean, I just think about the dads trying to maneuver their way through life and the approaches and just you know, it's it's just it's really it's really a double-edged sword because there's so much good and there's so much bad, just like everything. So we really have to I, I love that you're talking about the gab phone and and um a couple of these other tools for our moms, because it's, it's something, it's really the number one issue that all of us have to be looking at. What are we looking at on on, on a 24 hour basis here on our phones? What are we letting our children, what are we letting into our home? Um, One of the things too, that I'm watching you do it, it, an incredible, um, an incredible level is taking on this drag queen issue. I'd like to talk about that with you, Landon. In my area, there have been three drag queen events. Now, these are not, 
events for adults. Again, these are events for children, three within a half hour of me. There was one at the, for seventh through 12 year, seventh through 12th grade at a library with the drag queen. The other one was a story time at our park district. And the other one is a family fun fest that encourages the uh, children to bring dollar bills for the performers, uh, the drag queen performers. Now, it sounds like to me that clowns and magic magicians have been replaced by drag queens um, and it's appalling. So where is this coming from? Why all of a sudden is, are they everywhere? And where's this initiative being pushed from? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'll try to make this not, not a long, long answer, but I mean, there is a Marxist infiltration from the top down at our academic institutions. And if you'll notice one of the mechanisms sexualization of children is the the way to essentially program them uh, to accept any form of morality. And that's really what it's about. It's about these ideas of gender is a mm. spectrum that can be deconstructed. Right. Family is a concept or a, a, you know, a spectrum that can be deconstructed. Religion, they want to deconstruct society to the point nothing exists and nothing is concrete. And morality right. comes from God, whether you believe in God or not, that's how we know we don't rape children. It's not because the government told us not to, and it's not for any other reason. We innately know some things are right and wrong, and they want to dis to to divorce us from that innate sense of truth and of knowing what is right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And they do this with this conditioning, with this indoctrination and programming. So drag has always been about adult entertainment, sure. only recently. And nobody ever, you know, conservatives never had an issue with it. We never tried to shut it down, free speech, you know, expression. Right. But adult when you put, entertainment. Yes, yes, exactly. But when you put it around children, now you are introducing adult sexual entertainment to blur the lines. And that's how they get here. It's subtle little shifts. So they'll bring in a drag performer that is reading a book that isn't inappropriate. And they might even be wearing a turtleneck so that nobody can really say anything about it. And that's all the more reason to speak up because that is how this, this agenda advances. And then we start seeing what we're seeing now where they're spreading their legs, when they're taking clothes off, where they're mocking God, all of these things, but it's now accepted and normal because we opened that door and said, right. okay, well, I guess because they're not naked or, or doing A, B, and C, it's not hurting anyone. And we don't want to be bigoted or discriminate right. instead of challenging the nature of what that is. And according to this logic, a, a prostitute or a pole dancer could come in and do the same thing. And it sounds crazy, but they will do something like that because they already inject sex worker rights into the comprehensive sex ed curriculums. So why not have one of them come speak as long as they're addressed, right? That that's their, their methodology. They will do whatever they can. That's why we see porn in schools. That's why we see drag queens, um, inappropriate dancing in front of kids, all ages shows that they're intentionally targeting children because they don't believe the innocence of children is worth protecting because that is a fundamental Marxist principle that it is the innocence of children is connected to the cis heteronormativity that upholds the nuclear family. So right. hopefully that wasn't too, too no, crazy and, and, you know, explanation. You're, you're right on. I mean, it is shocking. I'm not going to be surprised if strippers come into the schools, actually maybe talk about how this is a great industry. Um, yes. You know, somehow we're letting this happen. I mean, not our moms, our moms that are listening when this comes into their schools are like shocked, but I'm just, I like to talk about this with experts like you to get ahead of it, 
because it may not be happening in the community, but it surely will be coming. Um, we a lot of people couldn't believe this with the books. Okay, so now we got the drag queens, but I, I want to even talk about the books. I mean, the sexual grooming, the discussions that are happening in schools all across the country. You deal a lot with um, educational materials, and right five years yes. ago, maybe not so much. Then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, we now literally have pornography in the classroom. We can't read it at a school board meeting. Our, our mics will get cut off, right. but surely somehow they teach it in the school. Um, let's just address the, the educational materials that are in our schools all across the country. Well, you just said it. That is how they've been able to do this, educational materials. So what they even have something called drag pedagogy. So they are doing this under the auspices of education. And they did this intentionally because they know our state laws have protection for pornography, for obscene content, as long as it's educational. And who gets to determine that? Oh, the people who have already dominated and this entire education system and have made those determinations of what's appropriate, what's not. So mm -hmm. there really isn't very much that isn't considered appropriate at this point. I was just at the Williamson County Library yesterday. And I approached the librarian and I talked with her about the book, um, uh, This Book is Gay, which is one of the worst offenders of sexually explicit content. And okay. she hadn't even read the book. And I said, so how can you support Ban Book Week, have this book, you know, a, a mural dedicated to it at your library for kids to come and access and check out your promoting when it encourages them to go online to adult websites and meet strangers for sex? How do you feel good about that as a mom? You, you know, I can't imagine wow. another mom would be okay with this. And she looked like a ghost. And, and here's, here's the heart of this. Nobody had ever talked to, with her about this. Nobody had ever come in there and had a real conversation because too many of us are afraid. I know your audience is, are all warrior moms, but we're having trouble getting other moms that have kids in the system or, you know, that don't understand the level of threat to our children, getting them involved. And, and even more of us, participating in activism, not just online talking about it. So we Landon, you went, show you up. Went, that was your local library. Yes. Okay. So this is a great challenge for our, our moms and they do really appreciate this. So this is, this book is the worst of it. I've heard so many people talk about the book. I've not looked at it. You mm -hmm. would actually go into just what you did, right? This is a great call to action for our, for our moms listening. So have them get the book. What would they do? Take the book out, read it. How do, how do they get educated about the book yes. and then go and do? Well, and maybe we can link this um, in, in the box below when, when this episode comes out. Uh, but there is an instructional that we put out that walks the parents through that entire step because it's a lot to, to unpack. Okay. And there's lots of great tools and resources for parents on this whole process from identifying the books, printing it out, bringing it to your library. What are the, the questions you want to ask? How do you document this? How do you keep yourself safe in case anything crazy happens? Mm -hmm. um, and then all the way to, is it reportable? Did they admit something uh, that they were in fact distributing proudly explicit content to minors? Because some of this is actually actionable. And then we have cause to take this to law enforcement. We have cause then to take this to our, our legislators and say, is it that our laws aren't being enforced or is it that our laws are inadequate? Because either way, we got to fix this and okay, really is, identifying it. Yeah. What is the link to that, please? Would you mention that now? 
Absolutely. Well, it's on my Instagram. So Landon Starbuck is my handle. And so it's on there and it'll be under a highlight of activism. So people can find that, but it's banned book week this week. um, And so we have a lot of content on that. We're talking a lot about this on our on our uh, Facebook page as well. And we, we have a list of, of the books that across the country that moms are talking about, but I love the fact that you go in, you talk to that librarian, you challenge them, you ask them if they've read it, then you, you really have the four or five talking points to, to approach them. So that is wonderful. Um, moms, let's get on this again, as always, and in our school libraries as well. Um, yes. You know, a lot of moms are going and reading the books, they're watching the books, and this is how we're making change all across the country. Um, you talked about legislation. What about the Earn It Act? I'd like to just mention that because we want to talk about some solutions as well. We know it's bad out there, but what can we do? Yeah, so the Earn It Act is the only bipartisan uh, piece of legislation that has a chance of passing um, if it goes up for a vote. And basically what it does is it protects kids online uh, by doing uh, a few things. Um, It's holding big tech accountable because right now they're protected by section 230. So right now, I mean, there's uh, CSAM, uh, child pornography that they're actually profiting off of. They're refusing to remove it in some cases. They're not monitoring it. And we know um, from this group that they can censor conservatives. They can censor, you know, free thinking women all day long. No problem. They have algorithms mastered for that. But they're, they are telling us they can't find CSAM, they can't find children being exploited, they can't find non-consensual images mm. and, and things, especially when they're being sent and asked to be removed. You know, this is why we have this problem is nobody's Fair holding not. them accountable. And right. sadly, a lot of our politicians, you look at their donors, they're, they're, most of their donors are big tech. So you have this big tech lobbyists and money coming in and they look the other way and they don't prioritize this issue. And that has to stop because this is, this is non-negotiable. What's happening right. to kids right now is an atrocity. It's a human rights crime. It is exploding it is. to the point of, you know, 27 point something million, I think it's up to now, reports to NICMA, you know, on sexual exploitation on these platforms. And so there's no incentive for them to report or to monitor this right. or to have best practices. So that is what that legislation does. So I would encourage people to contact their representatives and encourage them to support this. Let them know this is the priority. Uh, we need to do this for our children. Um, yeah. There's many things we can do. We also have CASA, uh, the Kids Online Safety Act. That is kind of a, a sister bill to this one, just another mm-hmm. mechanism, another avenue of trying to sure protect is. kids online. So there's there's good pieces of legislation, but you know the struggle is with, with you know, um, the Democrats in power, sadly, right. a lot of this is going to get shoved aside. So we just keep praying for a miracle. And, um, you know, the moms are just such a powerful force that if we can get everybody on the same page and push, 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 we will make great strides. Um, and we will help save our kids. Um, it is the highest priority, our children, and it is horrible what is happening to them on every corner um, of the world, of their space. Um, So we keep praying for our kids and praying for our moms um, that God would just give us the strength and the the victory over this, you know, and here's the thing too, right, Landon? We have our space, right? We have our sanctuary here, our homes. And this is really where it all happens. We teach our kids, we pray with them, we mentor them, we love them. And we just, you know, they're our kids. They're not the, the governments. They're not the world. Jesus gave them to us, and we're going to do the best we can with them every day and every moment. Absolutely. 
Any closing words of advice for the moms? Because it does get a bit overwhelming, Landon. I'm sure you are. Every day you're looking at exploitation of, of children and, and drag situations and pornography, all these things that are attacking the kids on a regular basis. It's got to be difficult for you too to stand up. So we're going to keep you in prayer um, Thank you. in your battle. But what else to the moms? Um, some closing words of encouragement for them and their kids on this issue. Absolutely. Well, I agree with you that it is so important. Our work in the home, nothing is more important. Um, how we're shaping our kids' minds and their spirits, yeah. you know, in, in the home. Um, but I think a localism approach, you know, we can't change what's happening nationally or really worry about, you know, what's happening in other states and cities. We have to protect um, our communities from the inside out, from our home to our communities, because our communities are where we go for the Christmas parades. And when we take our kids to Main Street or right. you know, all of those things that are important to our traditional values, our American values. And so it is very important to, to pay attention to what's happening in our communities um, because if we let these people inject these toxic, harmful agendas in our communities and we look away and we don't want to be bothered by it or show up and say, not here, right. and try it somewhere else, not here, yeah. we will show up, we will come to the library every day, That's we right. will inform parents, we will do whatever it takes because we're not going to allow you to distribute explicit content. We're not going to allow you to have kids twerking on a Christmas parade float. We're not going to allow it here. We just right. won't. Until we do that and really show up and, and not just stay in our bubbles, they're going to advance and they know that. And so we have to adopt a more activist type of approach to joining together and, and being willing to have uncomfortable conversations and make it our business, not wait for some activists to do it for us or wait till it gets worse and then go, oh my gosh, now this is happening and we share it. You know, that's kind of like the cycle that we've been on. But mm -hmm. I think that we're being called a step forward into a more assertive role and say, this isn't going to happen in our community. Um, right. And we can lovingly do that. And we can stay calm and collected and, and uh, you know, try to have real conversations mother to mother. That's what I did with that librarian. I wasn't coming in with this, you know, domineering, I'm an activist and you're going to get this book out. It was right. more just like, I cannot imagine you yeah, as a mom that you are supporting would this, be okay right. with this. Right. And she hadn't even read it. So those conversations are so powerful yeah. and they need to happen. And no one else before me had gone in there. And I should have gone before that day, you know? So it's not, you know, it's not, it's me too. It's, it's right. all of us that we, we can do better. And we have to start protecting our communities because this is where our children are growing up. I love what you said, the community standards. We're setting the community standards. This is where we reside. This is where we're raising our children. This is where God has called us. So moms, you have to know that um, you are just so powerful. I mean, people listen to the mamas and I bet you that, that, that librarian and those teachers, and again, go with grace, but go with, go with facts um, and, and just really share your heart. I mean, mama to mamas, I don't even know what's more powerful than that. Right. So, but thank you so much, Landon. I've always wanted to chat with you. We'll, we're following you. We'll share your information. I want to make sure we get this. It's freedomforever.us is your uh, website. Yes, that's my nonprofit. So yes, yep. please go check it out. Check it out. And then uh, Instagram, Twitter, I'm sure you're on all, all of that, Landon Starbuck. Um, we so appreciate you coming on. We so appreciate what you're doing uh, in the fight. Um to save our kids, to stop the grooming and to really um, expose. This is what you do every day. You expose what is happening 
So um, we'll keep you in prayer. Thank you to your husband and your family. And we so appreciate you joining us on the Moms for America podcast. Thanks so much for this awesome conversation. I'll come back anytime. Thank you. Thanks, Landon. Again, it was so great to have Landon. Before we close, I do want to remind all of you, our mamas out there, to visit our website, which is momsforamerica.us. Check out all of our amazing resources, our programs, our events. We have everything you could need there. Um, I know there's a lot of questions that you have, a lot of situations that are facing you in your community, in your home. We have everything to help you uh, in your journey through motherhood and just really to present liberty in your home and freedom. I do want to always mention this every week about our cottage meeting, which is 12 lessons that inspire and educate you uh, about America's amazing heritage so that you can share those principles of liberty in your home and in your community at your kitchen table with your kids every day. This program, along with many of our other programs on our website, will help you impact your family in a very, very powerful way. From parental rights to public policy, we have it all here at Moms for America. Lastly, uh, I do want to invite you that when you go to our website and you sign up uh, and you check out all our resources, sign up for our newsletter. Uh, this is how we communicate with you once a week. We let you know all about our initiatives, our resources, our podcast, and all the great things that we're doing all around the country. Also, check out our Patriot Packs there. Restoring Patriotism is, is a brand new initiative we're doing. We've got Patriot Packs for the kids. You can order them, send them to your home. They're awesome for you to start talking about patriotism and raising patriots. So check out our um, Patriot Packs. All right, I say this every week. Liberty begins at home and that moms, you are the heartbeat of America. That is why this uh, movement is so, so powerful because the moms are going to save our country. Again, we hope to see you next week um, as we discuss more of these topics with moms just like you all across the country. And um, it's amazing what's going on around our country, but what is, what is the saving grace is you moms. So keep fighting. Thanks for joining us and let's keep changing our world one home at a time. I'll see you next week.